0: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito
1: This is the Stampede Blue Podcast, the official podcast of the Indianapolis Colts on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm David Walker, and it is here the 2022 NFL season no more preseason no more practice results we were talking about real games and to do that I've got two special guests I'm really excited about this guys uh, they are brand new to Stampede Blue you're going to hear them here on the podcast on a weekly basis uh, And I'm going to start by introducing them let them give you the rundown on where they are from first up uh, Rashad McGinnis shot how you doing man
2: Man, I'm doing awesome, man. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. I'm so excited about this opportunity. I just know great things are going to come from this opportunity, man. I I admire you guys podcast, the written work here, everything. That stamp stampede blue stands for. I'm a big fan of it and I've been admiring it for a long time. It's kind of surreal finally being a part of it. But I'm excited, man.
1: Yeah, we are excited to have you on board of course, the King of Colts on Twitter, if you guys hadn't made that connection yet, uh, and joining him as well. Also excited to have this guy on board, Destin. Destin Adams, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing good, man. I feel like...
0: I've known you for such a little amount of time, David, and you already got my name right. Um, I mean, I, I've known Rashad for two years, and I swear this man still calls me Dustin. Um, but It's a
2: sudden I, draw, man. It's the uh, sudden draw.
0: Hey, whatever excuses you want to do. But hey, I, I, I'm pumped to be here, man. I'm pumped to be here at Stampede Blue. I'm pumped to be here with you, David. And just continuing to talk Colts, man. I mean, I really appreciated what I've been able to do the last couple of years at, at our other platform, but I'm just, I'm just pumped for what the future is bringing, man.
1: Yeah, we're I'm I'm telling you, when uh when our site editor asked me, hey, what do you think about these guys coming in and helping uh produce some additional podcast content? I was like, man, let's do it. Let's get this calendar filled out so that we've got some great content for all the Colts fans out there. Uh and on that note, for those who are listening, the podcast, now that the season here will be expanding. What you can expect during the week, uh, we will have a podcast just like this landing around friday or saturday which will preview the upcoming game for the colts of the weekend uh, i will be leading that podcast shortly after the finish of the game whether that's on sunday or monday we do have some monday night games this year uh, you will be getting a post-game podcast where i will be recapping the stats uh, from the game the outcome and just some quick thoughts on that game uh, Shad and destin will be hitting you guys twice during the week with their thoughts on the game going into a deeper analysis and some additional content that we are working on. We are excited to bring all of this to you guys. But as I mentioned, we're going to talk about game one. And that game one, guys, is a division game. We start in Houston against the Texans. This is, um, we all know the elephant in the room, the infamous streak that the Colts have. So I want to ask you guys first, before we get into the matchups, um, Sean, I'm going to start with you first. Is this the year that they break the infamous game one streak? Is this the year?
2: Man, you know what's so funny about it? <laughs> when you look at the streak, it's it's awful teams within that streak that beat us. Man. Oh, yeah. It's the Lions, the Jags, you know, it, you just got to figure this is the year, though, man. I, I, I say this every year, feels like, for the last three years. But this has to be the time it gets done. I mean... You're in a position, you have a guy at quarterback that you feel like is stable, a veteran, experienced guy who's won at every level. You just can't have any more of these breakdowns in the beginning of the season the game. That's so important, you know, to what you want to accomplish. Three of your first four games is division games. You kind of want to get a hold on it early mm-hmm. and then. You head into another streak in week two that 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 you need to break as well. But I think the Colts will be disappointed within themselves if they don't find a way to win this game. I know we're, we're the biggest favorite of any team on the road going into week one, and it's for a reason because people expect us to win this game. I'm sure everyone on West 56th Street expects to win this game, but you have to go out and play, it and you have to show it on the field. Absolutely,
1: um, Dustin, not Dustin. What do you think, man? Is this is this the year that the Colts finally break this just absolutely stupid streak?
0: I mean, it better be, right? I mean, <laughs> right. Like, the, I don't even know if there's a better answer. Just it better be. Like, no ifs, ands, or buts. Um, I mean, the way the schedule went out, it's like it was just paved for it to be the year the Colts end all these stupid streaks since 2014. Um, I, I, wanna ha- I don't want to ever have to talk about 2014 again. Mm. I want to get this week one game one out the way, go to Houston, take care of business, and then you get one streak off your back, then you get to go to Jacksonville week two, where we haven't won since guess when, 2014. Um, so oh. let's just have 2022 be the year we stop talking about 2014 for the foreseeable future.
1: Yeah, and I tell you what—if you look at the schedule too, I don't want to jump ahead too much, but you've got you got the Texans, you got the Jaguars. Then things get a little bumpy. Um, You you go up against the Chiefs at home. Then you got the Titans, which obviously we're gonna have we're gonna have to knock them off. You want to win the AFC South? You got to knock those guys off. Then you got the Broncos. So there's like three games with three serious contenders right after these two first games so in some ways you you really have to start strong or you you could potentially be in the hole early so i personally think this is the year it ends i think they finish um this stupid streak once and for all (laughs) but let's get into the reasons why and i want to start by looking at the matchup of the colts defense going up against this dynamic explosive amazing texans offense um Clearly, that was a joke. <laughs> the guys are looking at me on camera like, did he just like lose his mind halfway through the podcast? No, we all know the Texans are a team in rebuild mode. Um, now I will say, looking at Davis Mills, he was clearly the second best quarterback in the division last year, um, behind, uh, um, uh, Behind Carson Wentz, and uh, (laughs) oh yeah, that's is that that intended shade for Tannehill? It may be, it may be. (laughs) Um, But in all seriousness, Davis Mills, I thought actually performed better than anyone had any expectation, uh, reasonable expectation for him. That offensive line still has issues. They did bring in Laramie Tunsil. Um, You know, it's potentially to help stabilize things. Uh, they've got cooks now at wide receiver uh, that's, you know, obviously going to be uh, someone that can help take the top off, but man, there's not a whole lot to love about this Texans offense. And I look across the field and the the two things I want to highlight. Number one, um, not Darius, Shaq Leonard was practicing. He has been practicing a lot of question marks on whether he was going to be healthy for this game. Uh, It looks like he is out there practicing now. They have not said for sure that he will play in this game, but all signs are pointing to he will potentially get some action. Maybe not every single snap, but man, I'll take 80% of Darius Leonard over most linebackers in the league. And the second thing, Nick cross, the third round rookie pick that uh, Chris Ballard traded up for traded the future pick to go get this guy is now the starter on the other side of Blackman. So, um, Destin, I, I'm going to start with you first here, man. You look at this matchup. You think about this Texans offense. You think about this, um, this new defense under Gus Bradley uh, with some additional p- pieces like Ngakwe on the other side. How do you feel about this matchup? You're feeling good about this uh, Colts defense going up against the Texans?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest change that we're going to see is I think a guy like Davis Mills who, when he gets to sit comfortable, he can find the openings and he can be accurate. I mean, I think that's why we saw him have a successful rookie season um, by most standards that you would play it. Um, I think the biggest change is we're going to see a lot more press coverage this year, mm-hmm. and they're going to force Mills to attack the press. And uh, the second year is a big jump for quarterbacks usually. They have to make that decision on if they're going to be willing to attack said things and go to at those coverages. And we're going to get the very first taste of who Davis Mills thinks he is. And if he can go out and attack the press and wow us, like, man, maybe this game will be closer than we think. Um, I'm excited, though, to throw those different coverage schemes at him because I will say I like the Texans' offense a little bit more than you guys, I think. I, I like Brandon <laughs> Cooks. Um, I think he's one of the most underrated receivers in the league. Rashad knows how much I like Brandon Cooks. We've had some arguments um, about Brandon Cooks. But currently, I'd have Brandon Cooks as the best receiver in the AFC South, personally.
1: Oh, I think wow.
0: He, I think he showed enough over his career and being so steady that I love Pittman. I think Pittman, at the end of this year, could even elevate into that spot. But I would still have Brandon Cooks there. I'm interested and intrigued by the young guy over there and Nico Collins, Breverend Jordan, and then the running back Damian Pierce. I mean, we'll have to see if the offensive line can block for Damian Pierce in this one and we'll kind of see because that's one of the matches I'm watching a lot, David. I don't know about you, but I'm really watching that Texans front and run game against what could be just a very different looking Colts run defense mm-hmm. um, in the way that the defensive line is approaching the run game. Um, I mean, the mantra now is you stop the run on the way to the passer. They are prioritizing the sacks. They're prioritizing mm-hmm. stopping the quarterback. And usually when you decide to do that, you're going to drop off a little bit from that elite level run defense that we've seen in years past.
1: Absolutely. Um, yeah. And you bring in a guy like Ngakwe not to stop the run. <laughs> you want to take down the quarterback. You want to get off the field on third down is the the big thing here, which has been an issue at in, in times in the past. So, uh Shaw, you look at this. You, you look at the potential of having Leonard back on the field, of having uh the dynamic rookie in, in cross. And probably it, the most impressive guy during uh Colts training camp, Stefan Gilmore, the veteran corner, who is just an absolute baller. How do you feel about this matchup going into this weekend, going up against the uh the Texans offense?
2: Um, the Texans have have a lot of intriguing pieces, and but while young, you know, this is one of the best matchups you're gonna get for your defense this season. Um The Texans shouldn't pose much of a threat as far as the type of ways they're going to stretch your defense out. Uh, The way to beat the the cover three Gus Bradley type of defense, style of defense. Uh, We saw it get shredded last year a couple of times by Patrick Mahomes. But he he stresses you vertically, puts a lot of pressure on your safety. The guy that has that middle of the field responsibility. So I don't think Davis Mills is that type of quarterback. I I don't see him putting any stress on this defense as far as that goes. maybe he's going to look to hit some short stuff underneath but this guy damian pierce is intriguing man when i went down to mobile for the senior bowl last year he was by far the best back in my opinion at the senior bowl and, and there was a couple of guys there. like rashad white is one of them but damian pierce looked explosive at the senior bowl and, and he's carried that into early preseason this year i mean he had a couple of plays in a couple of games and, and they just sat him down they treated him as if he was going to be the starter at the time hmm. where Maybe people thought Marlon Mack was going over there to be the starter once he signed with the team. And um, we've seen how that ended with Marlon Mack just recently being released. But I, I like Damian Pierce. This this offensive line, i I just not in love with. I know they drafted the young guy, Kenyon Green, who was also at the Senior Bowl, a really good guard. But I, I just don't like Titus Howard. I'm not in love with him. Laramie Tunsil hasn't looked like himself in a while. I'm not sure if he can get back to the level that that you know, commanded two first round picks when he was traded in a 20 plus million dollar contract. I don't know if he's still playing at that level. That's yet to be determined. But it's too many holes on this offensive line for this off Texans offense to really threaten the Colts in a serious manner, in my opinion. And if the Colts come out and execute Gus's scheme, it should be just fine.
1: Yeah, I guess that's the big question. It's it's a brand new scheme. It's a a different one from last year. Uh, But I think they did everything you you can do. They they brought in someone at corner who's gonna help lock down one side of the field in Gilmore. And for those who think that uh, you know, Gilmore's over 30, he still doesn't have it. This guy still hasn't. I watched him play last year. Um, maybe there's a little bit of speed loss. I, I don't think it's noticeable, but this guy wins with his football smarts. He knows where to be. He's the kind of guy that extends his career by three or four years because he plays with his head first and his feet second. Um Secondly, I'm a big believer. I, I think Nick Cross impressed me during uh, camp in the preseason. Uh, he has got all the tools. He's got the athletic tools to be incredibly successful. I think he's going to thrive in this kind of defense. I think he's going to have a, a a heck of a rookie year. And honestly, I'm just excited about the the, the potential of Ngakwe, Buckner, and Pei, uh combining and, and just – constantly pressuring and i think this offensive line is going to be their first real big test as a as a defensive front i think they're going to pass it i feel good about this matchup obviously game ones across the nfl can always go sideways i don't have to remind colts fans of that um, it's true across the nfl so everything we say here take it with a grain of salt but uh, i'm feeling really good and again just to reemphasize, if you've got leonard out there um, I know we saw a lot of stuff in the preseason, but you guys got to remember: our one of our best defensive players was not on the field for the entire preseason. Good chance he's out there on Sunday. He makes a massive difference in the middle of the defense when he is out there. It is a different defense, and uh, it, all signs—cross your fingers, knock on wood—all signs are he's going to be out there on Sunday. So, really excited to see that happen. Um, we started with the Colts defense for a reason because obviously everyone wants to talk about what the Colts offense is going to do this year, where we've seen a lot of upheaval, a lot of additions and probably some pretty notable ones. The ones that a lot of people have been talking about all offseason We're going to talk about that, but before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back on the stampede blue podcast this is Dave Walker. I'm joined by Shad McGinnis and Destin Adams. We are talking about the upcoming game in the week one of the 2022 NFL season. As the Colts head on the road to to Houston to take on the Texans, week one, Sunday action, 1 p.m. Eastern. This is going to be a good one. Uh, Great way to start with the division game. Guys, we talked about the Colts defense taking on this Texans offense. Let's talk about now sort of the the topic everyone wants to dive into, and that's the Colts offense. Uh, Anytime you change out quarterback whether you want to or not, <laughs> sometimes you're forced to, cause I don't know guys retire um, stuff like that. You, you have to put the emphasis on that position first. Obviously I have a history having covered the Falcons for many years prior to coming here of watching Matt Ryan, knowing his career in detail. And I just want to prep everyone who's listening and Shad and Destin ahead of time, Matt Ryan over his entire career has been a slow starter. He tends to start off slow in the first game or two of the season. He's not bad. I've I've said this in previous podcasts. He's not a bad quarterback. He doesn't, you know, he's not like some guy that goes out there and chokes. But you generally see his best performances week three and later. That's when he really begins to dial it in. I'm not saying that's a guarantee this year, but he's coming into a new offense. Uh, a bunch of new guys. He doesn't have the timing down with everyone. You know, he's he's probably, it looks like him and Michael Pittman, are on the same page. It may take some time for him and, and Alec Pierce and Campbell and, and Mollie Cox to get on the same page. A lot of question marks. Obviously, on the other side, the Texans defense, you know, they're, they've got some pieces here and there. And they're not a terrible unit, but they're not a unit that I'm necessarily intimidated by. Shad, let me start with you, my friend. What are your immediate thoughts when you look at this matchup? You think about Matt Ryan, uh, what he offers at this position. How do you see this one playing out? Are you feeling confident or do you feel like, hey, you know what? We've got JT in the backfield. Lean on the best running back in football for this first game. Don't put it on Ryan's shoulders necessarily. How do you see this one playing out?
2: David, you couldn't have said it any better. I couldn't have said it any better myself. Like You took the words literally out of my mouth. Uh, (laughs) With What you're saying that Matt Ryan, is a slow starter. it's it's the perfect situation for him you know matt ryan over the last couple of years was asked to do a lot in that atlanta offense you know they literally he had to carry that team and now he doesn't have to do that anymore you know he he Mm -hmm. has a back that had a historic season last year that that played phenomenal he's a guy you want to lean on he's still young with fresh legs i'm sure he's going to come out And, and we saw him dominate last year against this very same team same pretty much same coaching staff it won't be much they didn't add nothing that that'll change all of a sudden and, and have this team become a dominant run defense it, it won't be that <laughs> the, the coach will still find a way to win this game i think by running the ball they'll be able to open it up matt ryan will find you know his throwing lanes and, and a couple of easy easy plays frank scheme up for him a lot of mesh concepts because I don't know if people noticed, but the, the Texans ran a lot of man coverage toward the end of last season. So I think you run a lot of mesh, a lot of pick plays. Frank Wright gets some of those guys schemed open. You see Paris Campbell on a drag, Michael Pittman on a drag, and, and get some yak opportunities going for some easy completions just to get Matt Ryan in the rhythm. And then that's when you start to pound the ball with JT, maybe get a couple of play action, let Matt take a couple of deep shots. I don't think it's going to be relatively complicated of a scheme. I think it's going to be fairly simple. Mm. And then I I can't see Frank really wanting to show his full hand before that Kansas City game. I think he's going to save some before that Kansas City game in week three when you you'll probably see him go deeper into the playbook to make things happen.
1: I like it. I couldn't agree more. We are already connecting first podcast together. we're like, <laughs> look at us. Who would have thought?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. That was like, that spoke to my soul right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Destin, what about you, man? Are you, are you feeling like maybe, uh, Matt Ryan's, uh, 14 years in league is going to help him start better with this unit? I mean, it lets me clear too. Um, This offensive line, and we know it has issues. Like, I don't think anyone here is screaming that Matt Pryor is the left tackle of the future, right? We know he's not. The the Colts didn't even, they signed him to one year. They brought in Raymond. They drafted Raymond to to be that guy. But you look at the rest of the offensive line, you know, Quentin Nelson, uh, hopefully back to full health. And when he's healthy, he is the best interior offensive lineman in the league. Um, Kelly, if he's healthy, really, really good center. Um, Pinter, obviously, maybe some question marks, but you know, right tackle, you got that locked down. Ryan may be behind the best offensive line he's played in since his MVP season in 2016. Do you think that is the difference here? Uh, where Ryan may have a better start than what he's had in years past, or do you see any matchups here that maybe give you some concern that maybe the Colts don't have it quite as easy as we're hoping they do?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's going to go down to the offensive line in a lot of ways for me. Um, The big one in preseason, we really didn't see the offensive line get a lot of push in the run game. Now, Taylor wasn't out there. Hines had very minimal snaps in that very Mm -hmm. first preseason game, but for the most part wasn't out there. So you could use that as an excuse as well. But when you looked at the first unit offensive line, they weren't getting push. Um, they just weren't, especially in that third game where they played um, the first quarter and then about three, four minutes into the second quarter. Um, they they just weren't getting a lot of push. So to, for me, this game is going to come down to a lot about the offensive line because, for one, you, you mentioned Matt Pryor. Um, I am not on record as a Matt Pryor hater by any means. That's not the that is not the way that I would say it. And Rashad is whispering that I am a hater. (laughs) Um, For those of you, if it's picking up in your headphones or something, you hear that there's a little raspiness in there. It's Rashad. And I wouldn't say I'm a Matt Pryor hater, but what I would call myself is just someone who's skeptical of his ability in pass pro. Um, I am nervous of him being a blindside protector. If Matt Pryor was playing right guard, wouldn't lose a bit of sleep. If he Mm. was playing right tackle, Would I like have a little nightmare maybe a little bit? Yeah, but I'd sleep fine. I wouldn't wake up from that dream. Him at left tackle has me rolling in my bed, waking up multiple times throughout the night, thinking about this guy being Matt Ryan's blindside protector. And I think that's going to dictate a lot of what this game looks like. I mean, the pass rush isn't excellent from Houston by any means. They Mm -hmm. do have one of the Colts, Achilles Heels, former Colt Jerry Hughes, is going to be suiting up. Jerry Hughes, ever since we traded him, finds a way to get a sack, man. He does. He (laughs) he finds a way to produce against the team that traded him away for crumbs. Um, But he's
1: 140 years old now, so – Hundred and forty
0: years old, and he's going to get a sack on Sunday. <laughs> put it da- put it down right now that I'm saying he's going to get a sack on Sunday. And for me, that's that's the big one because if if you can't hold up on that left side, you're not going to see many deep shots from Matt Ryan on Sunday until they feel a actual confidence in the line, giving enough time for Matt Ryan to make that kind of play. I think we're going to see a lot of simple in the middle of the field. I think you could see some crossers still from Reich's offense this past year. Um, I don't think it's going to be as heavy in the RPO realm of things, but Ryan likes to get the ball out fast. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think early on in this game, you're going to see a lot of that in the pass game. You're going to see a lot of fast, fast motions, get the ball out quick, and if they get a good sense like, hey, our line's getting pushed, I do think Reich will throw in some deep balls there just to kind of show people like, Hey, Matt Ryan's the real deal. Even if it's only week one, like I think he would be willing to throw that out there.
1: Yeah. Look, I, I'm prior is uh, again, not someone that anyone is uh, writing home about and saying this guy's the future, but um, my philosophy on the offensive line has always been uh, you've got to be sure up the middle, which I think the Colts are. Uh, and where offensive tackle is concerned, you have to have one guy that can hold his position unassisted. And we have that. It just happens to be on the right side instead of the left. Okay. So Reich may have to provide some extra help on the left side and, and make sure that you know, Hughes doesn't come breathing down Ryan's neck from the backside. But I think Reich knows that. I think he he knows what the weaknesses on this line are going to be. Um, and I think they know long-term they're going to want to get raymond out there as soon as he is ready he may not be quite ready yet but this this kid has obviously been growing really fast only been playing the position for two years um i'll tell you that the guy i'm paying attention to obviously everyone is sort of anticipating you know Pittman taking that third year leap uh becoming one of the best you know in that top tier of wide receivers this year uh i think naheem hines is going to be a big factor in this game um i think when you're looking as a quarterback Uh, In your first game, you're trying to get comfortable. Uh, You've got a little bit of uncertainty. Guys aren't clearing open right at the same spot you're anticipating. The timing isn't quite there. The guy that you look for is that quick yards after the catch option. And I think Hines is going to have another massive season. Um, And I think actually, I think a lot of that is going to be in these first few games as they get this offense up to speed. Uh, and I'm not saying it's going to be a dink and dunk. I do think they're going to take shots where they can find them. But I think Hines, you're going to see maybe a little bit more of a workload for him as a receiver uh, in this in these first couple games, uh, just as as the entire team gets comfortable with one another. So he's the name I'm sort of paying attention to. Uh, and as I look at the Texans linebackers, I think, man, I I like that matchup. I like seeing Hines in space and getting that ball and making some plays. Uh, and same thing for JT, like we we tend to talk about, you know, his 1600 plus yards on the ground, but the guy can catch the ball too. Uh it, both of them together could end up being like a really big factor in the passing game on Sunday. So I I am still really optimistic about this offense. But I'm going to caveat that by saying the offense we see Sunday is probably not going to be much like the offense we'll see in week 10. Um, week 10 is going to be the one that we're all going to be like, you know, banging the table for this one is just like, this is, it's not even the appetizer. It's like the crumbs for the appetizer on the plate before you even get to the appetizer. Um, so I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I think, I think there's a, going to be a lot leaning on the running backs and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. in these first couple games, lean on them, use them. Uh, get those yards after the catch, and then start opening up. Like you said, shot you per- said it perfectly. Then you start diving a little bit deeper into the playbook, start opening it up as you get to those tougher teams. Um, I, I think I think you've got it exactly right. So um, you
0: you were saying something there about the getting guys the ball, getting some run after the catch ability. And I've said this to a few different people now, but if you just close your eyes and just imagine – Colts fans on the couch right now watching the week one game and the first throw is a check down to Naeem Hines. Is it just me or is 80% of our fan base going to be like hooping and hollering <laughs> on the very first check down that occurs this season?
2: A whole bunch of make the layups chance. might break out. You know, oh my God. <laughs>
0: people are going to break TVs. People, people are going to be going nuts. They're going to act like we won the Super Bowl. <laughs> the moment Naeem Hines gets a catch out the flat and just it, it could be like a three-yard game. But they're like, oh my gosh, Matt Ryan, he's the dude. That, that that right there.
1: He takes the check downs. Oh man, you know what? I he'll do it. He's made his career off of being a smart quarterback. Um, although i tell you what, now that you've said that. You know what's going to happen. The first play, Naheem's going to be open for the short pass. Ryan's going to hold on to the ball and look for the deep ball.
2: <laughs> absolutely, that's absolutely the way it's going to happen, man. I, and it's so will funny. Will it be left-handed? Will it be left-handed? <laughs> it, it won't be left-handed. It won't be left-handed. It, it's funny, you know, that we we have this theory about the checkdowns now because of that that brutal year last year that we went. But we just had Philip Rivers literally the year before that, who was hitting every check down available and getting rid of the ball at one of the fastest rates in the NFL that year, man. But last season just seemed like it dragged and it took so long and it was just so many just forced mistakes, you know, unforced mistakes, I Mm -hmm. should say, where where it was all the time in the world. And you just just had to do it, didn't you? You just had to do it. He, he couldn't fight it, and I won't say his name because I know it's triggering for a lot of folks. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I won't do it. But man, it just feels good to, you know, have Matt Ryan in the fold. Now, a guy that's going to make the smart play. I, I don't even think he has the arm talent that that the guy from last year had. I'll be yeah. honest with you about that. But you don't need him to, you know, you don't need exactly. him to. If he, if he has 75 to 80 percent of the arm talent, but has the intelligence, you know, the, the the pre-snap ability, the post-snap ability. You're going to see three different pitches. I always say that when you see pre-snap, post-snap, and then right before you get ready to release the ball. Mm-hmm. And if you can process that at an elite level, I'll take that any day over the arm talent.
1: Yeah. I'm with you. I mean, look at Peyton Manning, his last few years. It was clear the arm talent had fallen off. But you take a quarterback that's smart and knows where to put the ball and he's still guy that people forget. You know, Denver had an amazing defense in the last few years they were there, obviously. But Peyton put up what was it, fifty eight touchdowns uh, in a single season with it was with a Denver.
2: Monster year, yeah,
1: yeah. It was it was enormous, and he didn't do it because he was chunking the ball down the field repeatedly. He did it because he was the smartest quarterback, the best quarterback in the NFL. Um, and uh, you know, Ryan is not in that same tier. But Ryan is geared that way. He has a smart quarterback. He makes good decisions. And I think the thing that, you know, we talk about a lot, and, and this has been my experience in watching him, he's an extremely accurate quarterback. He is very rarely off target. And you're going to see him place that ball in the spots that very few quarterbacks can consistently place it into tight windows. Um, and that's gonna be something that uh honestly the difference between a mildly accurate quarterback and someone who can really dial it in is the difference between, you know, that, that red zone interception and that red zone touchdown. Um, And I think we're going to see that. Uh, I'm a big believer in Ryan. Uh, I was coming to do this uh, podcast regardless. but uh, The fact that he came along was, uh, was, was great. So honestly, this feels like uh, uh, I feel like this is a marriage made in heaven where you've got the offensive line, you've got the quarterback who is just chomping at the bit to make this happen. And uh, I I think things are going to go well this year for the Colts. Um, Knock on wood. (laughs) All right. We're at that time. It's time to do predictions. Um, And Dustin, I'm going to go to you first, man. It is time to put your money on the table, push it forward, push those chips forward. How do you see this one playing out, man?
0: Uh, the the one you never want to be first for, um, <laughs> but I mean, so last year the Colts were able to do some just disrespectful thing to the Texans in a in a pair of two games they outscored the Texans sixty three to three, and I mean that's that's some man that's some that's like, abuse wash your in mouth. many states that's some <laughs> wash your mouth out with soap like apologize to your mama. <laughs> Type performances that the, te- that, the te- that the Colts put on against the Texans last year. Um, I don't think it's going to be that lopsided this year. Um, I think the Texans did improve in multiple spots. I think it being in week one is a good draw for them. Um, knowing the Colts tendencies to start out a little slow, knowing that Matt Ryan has the ability to start out a little slow. So I'm going to go and say that the Colts end up putting up 27 points which is a little less than I would want against this Texans team personally. Um, but I'll put up 27 in the Colts win, 27 to 14.
1: Nice. I like it. Shad, push your chips forward, man. How do you see this one playing out?
2: Uh, in the words of the great Jim Mercy, all chips in. <laughs> I see I see this game uh, being close early. Not, well, when I say close, I mean within a touchdown or two. But I think it'll end up, I have it at 31-10. I think the Colts will pull away in between the second and the third quarter. They'll they'll get a late touchdown before halftime and they'll score early, right after halftime I think to kind of put it away. I don't think this one will be close once the second half comes. I see the defense playing dominant. Maybe the Texans scoring early or garbage time touchdown that that won't really matter much. But I see this game being 31-10. Indianapolis Colts find a way to break the streak.
1: I love it. All right. Um I'm not going to be the contrarian today. <laughs> it is the Texans. Uh and I'm going to make a couple of side predictions. I think Colts win this one 28 to 10. Uh but my random side prediction is Alec Pierce has only one reception, but it's a touchdown reception. So, wow. Th- there is a random side prediction for you we'll see how that one plays out i may regret that later
0: i hope he gets i hope he gets two if, catches if, and a touchdown just just just
1: to ruin just to throw that it off.
2: if we're giving random side predictions do it i think i think colin granson has the most catches in this game out of anybody not named michael pittman nice <laughs> all right okay now if we're all doing it
0: i have to do, do it. one this this is one that I, i've actually told someone else already and they didn't like it because they own Jonathan Taylor in fantasy. But I think Naeem Hines has more total yards than Jonathan Taylor on Sunday.
1: Ooh. Oh, mm. I that's, that's said Hines could be a big factor. I like it. That plays I, in well.
2: Okay. Well, I'm going to revisit this. I'm letting you guys know. I'm going to call you out on Twitter. So when Definitely. Jonathan Taylor
0: goes for like 200 yards and two touchdowns, um, I still have him in multiple fantasy leagues. So I'll still be smiling my butt off. <laughs> but I'll know that Rashad is, is having that in his back pocket already.
1: Yes absolutely uh I will be very, very happy to be wrong on Alec Pierce one one catch, but one <laughs> touchdown um so <laughs> let's let's revisit this next week, guys. We'll see how some plays Definitely. out um all right, as I mentioned, Colts head on the road week one down to Houston to take on division rival the texans twenty twenty season is here finally, guys, and the Stampy Blue podcast is here to cover all of it week over week. We're gonna have multiple multiple uh podcasts per week for you guys to listen to recapping the games looking forward to the next game and, and just a whole host of stuff and guys Shad Destin thanks for joining me on this podcast introducing yourself yourselves to our listeners on that note um why do not you tell our listeners where to can find you what you know, what you've got going on Shad I'll start with you
2: um yeah man the, the saddle up show with Shad and Destin is coming to the stampede blue. Feed on Tuesday will be the the very first show you'll be able to check that out. We're gonna be on on Tuesdays and Thursdays, so y'all make sure y'all tap in. We got to get David over there on our show one of these days, so we can show him how how we do things. On our show, but nah, man, it's it's gonna be a conversation piece between me and Destin. Uh, think these guys already have a great system as far as you know, recapping a game and previewing a game, and we don't want to disrupt any flow. We want to jump right in and, and join in. So we're gonna bring a conversation piece where we're gonna we're gonna solicit questions from the fans, or we're gonna bring some of our own questions where we dive in and actually have a conversation about the bigger issue that's surrounding the coach for that week or a particular matchup we like. Just anything you guys want us to dive in on. We're gonna make sure we do that. Uh, Destin found a great way for us to implicate that in the podcast. I, I'm not sure he's ready to tell you guys just yet, but but I'll let him speak on it if, if he if he chooses to. Oh yeah, and, uh, Oh, go ahead, David. Yeah, I'm sorry, Shad. Uh, tell our
1: uh, listeners where they can find you on Twitter. What's your Twitter handle again?
2: Oh, definitely uh, at Shad McGinnis. S S H A A D M C G I N N I S you can search the King of Coats. Uh, I'm sure something of mine will pop up. You know, I know that's a pretty, uh, <laughs> pretty braggadocious uh, nickname, <laughs> but, you know, it was given to me I and it kind of just stuck. So I just ran with it, man. But yeah, man, at McGuinness, uh, I'm always tweeting about just random coach things, just facts (laughs) or or thoughts I'm having. You'll see me just tweet a a thread of things just running through my mind at at any given time of the day. So be on the lookout for that. I'm also a big Marvel fan. So you can also catch me tweeting about the MCU.
1: Awesome. All right, Dustin, apologize. Uh, Why don't you tell our listeners what you have coming up and, of course, where they can find you on socials?
0: David, it's your show. You never have to apologize. You can say whatever you want. You could. I'm a facilitator. Man. Started, yeah. Hey, when when I when I started to speak up, you could have said, Destin, just shut up and sit down. And I'd be like, okay, David. <laughs> Not I was like, down. okay. Yeah, this is, this is your spot. But no. But um, you can find me on Twitter at the Destin Adams. Um, it sounds really prideful when you have to say the Destin Adams. But the real reason behind it is for whatever reason, Destin Adams, Adams Destin. Everything on Twitter is taken, and I can't stand. <laughs> Underscores or numbers. <laughs> I just wanted it to be flat, straight, just just letters. Make make it make sense. But somehow, some way, people have Destin Adams. So whoever you are at Destin Adams on Twitter, if you're listening, change your me. change your username. <laughs> um, but yeah, we are super pumped for the saddle up saddle up podcast with Shod and Destin. Man, we're really excited to really incorporate you the listeners, you the fans into the show. Um, it's going to be a little bit different than just a fan bag question because we have found a way to where it'll be like you're getting a call in. You're getting to call, your. you're, you're going to have your voice on the show with us through a voicemail system that we have found a way to do. So we're really excited to implement that to be able to give you guys the chance to have your voice be on the Stampede Blue Podcast Network and it, it's it's going to be fun.
1: Awesome. I am, I am looking forward to hearing that myself. Um, so, again, guys, welcome on board. Super excited to have you uh, and looking forward to the content we're all going to deliver this year for all the listeners of the Stampede Blue Podcast. All right, guys. Uh, as for me, you can follow me on Twitter at NFLDW. And of course, our articles daily at StampedeBlue.com. So for Chad McGinnis and Destin Adams, this is David Walker. Thank you guys for listening in. We'll talk with you next time.